So today's reading comes from Matthew uh, 28, verses 1 to 10, which is page 946 on the Church Bibles. Uh, This passage is titled, Jesus Has Risen. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then going quickly, then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your greater glory our supreme concern. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Do be seated, everybody. Thank you. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. I'd like to celebrate Easter with you with a tree, a tomb, and a wild celebration. So let's have the tree, please. It's actually called the Agony. It's part of the Methodist collection of modern art. It has been on display in the Beanie in Canterbury for the past several weeks. It was painted in 1959 by a man called Tara Lee Elliott. And I think this painting tells us what we need to know about faith in God in a world like ours. Where is God, we cry, in a world of powerful people People who are prepared to dispense deadly nerve gas on men, women, and children in Syria. Or drive cars over bridges with deadly intent. And things like this. Where is God? Is what people cry. And it is the right question. None of us should be immune to that question. That question occurs many times in Scripture itself, especially in the Old Testament and in the compendium of human experience that we call the Book of Psalms. But this is where God is. The cross tells us where God is. And he is where he always has been, where he always was, in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
with the least, the last, the lost, the sad, the suffering, the forgotten, and the forlorn. Alongside, not above. Among, not beyond. This is where God, God in Jesus Christ, situates himself in our world. He does this, and he has always done this in Jesus. And what is true of Jesus is always true of God. So our God is a suffering God. He suffers with and for because he loves. He suffers to redeem. And that's the glory of God and the glory of Easter. I don't know whether you remember that picture from a couple of weeks ago of the man in Syria with his two little children in his arms. Do you remember that horrifying image? He was a, a Muslim, of course, and he said, thank God there is a day of judgment in the afterlife. And we may agree. But we know that in God as God truly is, revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ, mercy and grace triumph over judgment. He takes it all upon himself on that tree. He consumes it within himself. Only at the cross of Jesus are the great paradoxes of life held together and woven into the tapestry of salvation. Now, of course, our rubbish has to go in this bin as well. Our persistent failures, our neediness, our selfishness, our pride, and the things we think in our heads that we're glad nobody else knows about. Here, God in Jesus encounters the darkness of the world full on. And the darkness of the world can't cope or tolerate this uncompromising goodness and love. So it has to end him. And Jesus takes all that sin and anger and pain and drinks that dark cup to its dregs and he pours it into the cosmic black hole of the cross where it is received and absorbed and disarmed by God. Because remember that this is God in Christ on the cross, the holy trinity of God at work. And then, and only then, can Jesus reveal the light. That's a very simple image, isn't it? A bit of a relief, probably, after the last one. It's quite recent. It was painted in 2013. Again, it's from the Methodist collection of modern art and used with permission. It was painted by Richard Bavin. And it's just a simple painting, quite charming. 
it's a painting of emptiness. So through the empty tomb, Jesus throws open the curtains of a new world, a new eternity. We begin to see what creation redeems can look like. And there's the golden dawn of a new future out there. And this can only happen now, after every last dreg of bitter darkness has been drunk. And so now, in our lives, we may catch a glimpse of what a world at one with its Lord can look like. Here and there, not everywhere, not all the time, but here and there we see the beginnings of a world transformed by love in Jesus and in his people, and in all who are receptive to God's grace. As we say farewell to our YWAM team this morning, it's their last Sunday, they're going off to Jordan and to Philippines. And that's what they're about, being signs of the new thing that God is doing, discerning the new thing that God is doing in those countries. Okay, so how does that emptiness transform our world? How can we say this transform our lives, our town, and our world? Surely that's a picture of absence and not presence. But the empty tomb is the source of all fullness because Jesus is not there, because he's alive. Now he comes to all who know themselves to be empty without God. No, he runs towards those who are empty, as the father in the parable of the prodigal son. Because he emptied himself right out on the cross, because that tomb is now empty, we can all be filled with his presence because he's alive and he sends his Holy Spirit. Remember, that's the Trinity at work. God in the Holy Spirit in you and me. And that means we will find him now where he always was to be found, with the least, the last, the lost, the sad, the suffering, the forgotten, the forlorn, alongside, not above, among, not beyond. So this is the gospel of Jesus. It's the good news we celebrate today. Today, which is both Easter Day and the 10th anniversary of the opening of Seasalter Christian Centre. And SCC, as it's come to be known, that stands for Steve Coney's Church. <laughs> it's the first time I've said that in 10 years. I've just been waiting for the right moment. <laughs> SCC has rarely been an empty place since then, has it? Not least because Jesus is alive, and here we experience all the time his gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, his grace, his forgiveness, his love. So this is a place of fullness where, in the words of Ephesians 1, 3, we experience every spiritual blessing in Christ.
And I want to say, before they go, with our YWAM friends in residence, there has been a really special sense of presence in this place, not emptiness. And that's something to do with you and the Lord. Thank you. And as Linda said at the beginning, today is also the gift day for the old church. You know, without the presence of the risen Lord, the old church would just be a tomb. And in fact, it was treated as just that for many years, a mausoleum. But it's actually a place of presence because of the risen Christ. And you only have to go in there and be still, and you will know that. And finally, wild celebration. Now, you might think that looks like a New Orleans jazz party, but the artist Charlie Mackesy, he's the alpha kind of artist, did all those alpha drawings. He called it, I know that my Redeemer liveth, wild celebration. A French person became a naturalized English citizen and was asked what the difference was. Oh, that's easy, he said. Before, I lost the Battle of Waterloo. After, I won it. And that's it, isn't it? We won it. He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. And as Archbishop Desmond Tutu once memorably said, memorably said to the police trying to intimidate him, from his cathedral aisles in the dark days of apartheid. Come on, join the winning side. When the Archbishop of Uganda, Junani Luum, was murdered under the dictator Idi Amin, thousands of people gathered on a hill in Kampala called Nabirembi, which just means peace. They were bereft and grieving and lost. They didn't even have a body to grieve over because the police had kept it. And then the old archbishop, Erika Sabiti, stood up. And he read the resurrection story from the Gospel of Luke. And when he got to the bit where the angels say to the women, why are you looking for the living among the dead. Everybody burst into song. Glory, glory, hallelujah. As the penny dropped, that Janani Luwim was not a corpse in a government morgue, but he was a servant of the living God, with the living God. Hallelujah. We're on the winning side. And so this Easter day, Jesus offers us a challenge. I'm not risen. I'm risen. I'm not here. Just checking you're awake. <laughs> Jesus was, apparently. I'm not here. I'm risen. Go and tell the others. And what the risen Jesus does now is the same as what he ever did. He brings people and places to life. And maybe he's done just that for you in this past year. Maybe he's doing that for you right now. Maybe he's doing it for all of us right now. But if you sense the presence of the risen Jesus vivifying you, bringing you back to life, beckoning you to a fullness of life with him, 
I invite you this day, don't let that moment go. Seal the deal. Seal the deal in communion if you want, or come and pray after. All you've got to say are two words, thank you. Wherever we see the green shoots of joy poking through the grey concrete of life, that's where Jesus Christ is. And whenever people see that kind of transformation, they want a piece of the action too. So here's the straight challenge from Jesus. All of us, are we being transformed so that we are living signs of the resurrection, demonstrating that Christ is alive, that we may see our own lives, but also our town and our world transformed by the power of God's love? Listen, church is meant to be like this a sign of something that will be true for the whole creation soon. A place of laughter, joy, and wild music, and at least okay coffee. <laughs> a place where, rather than being preoccupied with sin and death and what they did to Jesus, we are astonished and captivated by Jesus and what he does every day to sin and death. So let's walk with the risen Christ Let's live the resurrection life. Let's show it and model it and stake our lives on it. And then people will know the great truth of Easter. He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. I would love it if just once more we could just shout out the great truth of Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Are you ready? Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.